Hello and welcome to Podcast by Brodies. My name's David Lee and in this series we're discussing the opportunities, trends and challenges that Brodies experts experience when working internationally. Brodies lawyers are globally connected experts in their fields, advising clients across all key sectors from real estate to education, energy, food and drink, life sciences and even personal and family matters. Today we're discussing immigration and specifically the UK visa routes, something of a hot topic in recent times. I'm joined for this episode by two immigration and employment law experts from Brodie's, partner Elaine McElroy and associate Erin McClafferty. Welcome to you both. Um, Elaine, first of all, to set the scene, we're in a time of great change for UK immigration rules and visa routes are right at the heart of this change. So first of all, what do we mean by visa routes? Well, a visa is something that a non-British, non-Irish national would need if they want to come to the UK to live and work. And there's a whole range of different types of visa. Each of them have got their own sort of criteria and requirements that go along with that. But yeah, a visa is a form of permission to come and live and work in the UK. And usually somebody needs to complete a form, pay a fee, send off information, etc. to get that visa. But yeah, there's lots of different types of them. And we're talking a lot in this podcast about inward investors. What do we mean, Elaine, by inward investors in the context of this discussion about visa routes? So an inward investor uh, can cover a range of different scenarios, but we're using it here to mean uh, somebody who wants to come to the UK to set up a business. And that might be a business that's already operating overseas that wants to develop its business in the UK, or it might even be somebody starting up their business for the very first time. Um, But usually, yeah, someone coming from overseas to the UK to establish a business of some sort. And that's where the visa bit comes in because they need some sort of permission to do that when they get here. And what about an example? What might what might a typical inward investor wants to set up in the UK look like? What, let's give us let's have a scenario. Just to put a bit of colour on it. Um, so, for example, it could be a US owned business that's maybe operating overseas. It could be a tech business, for example, and they decide that they want to um, establish some sort of presence in the UK, maybe to access the UK and, and the rest of Europe in terms of markets and to develop and sell that product. So they might decide that they want to send either one person to the UK, first of all, to develop that business or possibly a small team. And that's that's where the kind of visa piece comes in, because they'll need some form of permission for those people to do that. OK, thanks very much. Erin, just bring you in here. So what are the kind of challenges that these inward investors might face if they want to set up in the UK and they need a visa or visas for a, a team to come here? Well, there's a number of things for inward investors to be thinking about when they're setting up um, a business in the UK. One of the main things that, that we see that's an issue for inward investors is that they don't tend to have the same infrastructure in place as a more uh, established business might have. So, for example, they may not have um, a company incorporated in the UK. They may not have any UK-based staff or they may not ha- even have things like bank accounts set up for the United Kingdom. From a visa perspective, that can impact the options open to them. 
One of the most common options that there is is a skilled worker route, um, which is a really common route for for UK entities to to sponsor migrant workers in the UK. But if they don't have that infrastructure in place that I mentioned, then the skilled worker route may not be an option for them. And that's because becoming a licensed sponsor under that route um, requires having a UK-based recruit, bank account, things like that. But there are numerous other routes in place that don't require having a licence. So there's things like global talent visas, which is for experts in certain qualifying fields. There's global business expansion worker, which allows overseas businesses to send workers to the UK um, and also things like high potential individual visas. So there are lots of different routes out there for investors to think about that don't necessarily require that infrastructure from from the outset as well. Okay, thank you. And and Elaine, at the just then you mentioned technology specifically. Um, have we got a lot of tech companies looking to come and, and set up over here? And and is it different? Are the considerations different if you're working in a particular sector like technology uh, or are the rules the same for visas across the board? So, yeah, we do actually get lots of inquiries from uh, businesses in the tech sector that want to um, send people here to sort of establish a business here. So that is a fairly common route uh, or common sector that uh, comes for advice. In terms of whether it makes a difference in terms of visa options, yes, it can do because some types of visa category are designed specifically for people with certain fields of expertise. So, for example, the global talent visa that Erin mentioned um one of the options there is for somebody to have a background in the field of tech and they apply to get endorsed as an expert. So that's a visa route that is open to people with that um, sort of sectoral expertise that might not be available to other people that work in different areas. But for other types of visa route, the sector isn't so relevant. So some visa categories just depend on what your qualifications are, like the high potential individual visa that Erin mentioned. Others uh, depend on things like nationality. There's some visa routes open to Europeans, for example, or Commonwealth citizens. So for some types of visa, the sector matters and for others, it doesn't. But each of these visa categories, I guess, have all their own uh, eligibility criteria. Um, And there's quite a lot to navigate there if you're uh, coming at it afresh from overseas and you don't know about the UK immigration system. Okay, and you've mentioned technology there. Any other particular sectors, Elaine, that you're seeing a lot of a lot of interest in income into the UK? Are there any other sectors of the economy that you've seen a lot of activity in? Um, there's lots of sectors that are busy. I guess any um, any areas where there's kind of skill shortages, we tend to to get inquiries from. So yeah, tech is a common one, but there's others like. Uh, life sciences for example um yeah i would say it it, it kind of spans a, a range of different sectors but yeah we do get inquiries kind of across the board okay thank you and erin you talked there about some of the things that have to be put in place when you start thinking about visas what about timing how long do you need to do these things you know very often do you find that uh, clients are coming to you where there's quite an urgency to do it and how long in advance should you be thinking if you want to come to the UK and you you do have visa issues that need to be resolved? So we do see clients come to us at all different stages of, of the process in terms of coming to the UK but I would say the best advice is always to plan ahead 
um, generally the more time that you have to play with, the more visa options are going to be open to you. Timing can be really critical for certain visas. So as I touched on previously with the skilled worker visa, you have to go and get a sponsor license first. That can take a couple of months in itself. If you're going under the global talent route, you might need to go and get endorsement. So if you've got time to play with, it does generally mean you've got a lot more options. The visas themselves, once any of the kind of um, initial stages are, are, are completed, visas themselves usually take around three weeks. So that can usually be turned around quite quickly. Um, but I would caveat by that by saying UK v visas and immigration are subject to, to pretty substantial delays at the moment. So give yourself as much time as possible is always our advice because it can help um, make sure there's as many options open to you as possible. Okay. So Elaine, this does sound quite challenging there's a lot to think about here would you say that broadly speaking uh, the UK's visa options are easy to access and understand for inward investors or is it quite a is it quite a maelstrom to navigate it can be quite complex especially if you're starting from scratch without any sort of knowledge of the UK um, immigration rules to sort of look at all the different options weigh up the different criteria that apply to each and Timing um, can be an issue. Some might be quicker routes than others in terms of the process that you've got to go through. So there is quite a lot there to digest. There's quite a lot of information online on the UK government website. So if you're prepared to spend the time reading, <laughs> uh, the information is kind of out there. And yeah, um, there are lots of different visa routes and the UK is generally pretty open for business. If you're going to come to the UK and create jobs and invest here, there will be usually a solution for you. And that information is there. But yeah, sometimes getting some assistance to sort of work your way through those options and maybe narrow them down. Um, yeah, getting advice can be helpful for that. OK. Um, and what changes have we seen, Erin, um, over the last year or so? There have been some kind of changes to the visa rules in the in the UK. Has that made it more challenging or less challenging for inward investors looking to relocate here? So there's been a whole host of different changes. There was actually some really significant changes at the end of 2020 to coincide with with the kind of Brexit transition period coming to an end. And we came out of, of those changes with really a kind of system that was a lot easier and faster than, than before, which was really positive. In the last 12 months, we've seen the creation of, of a few new visa schemes or the kind of rebranding of some existing schemes. So we had the Global Business Mobility Routes open in April, which is a kind of umbrella route that has numerous different sectors within it that allow multinational companies to move staff to the UK either to work or to set up a business um, if required. We also saw the high potential individual visa route that we've mentioned before, but that actually only opened in May. That's for graduates of, of certain kind of prestigious universities uh, globally to come and work in the UK for two years, sometimes three years. And then we also saw scale up visas open in August, so pretty recent. Um, they are more niche and they are for scale up companies to bring kind of highly skilled workers um, to work for them in the UK. And I would say actually the UK is currently negotiating a number of trade deals, um, which some people may have seen in the press. That may lead to new visa routes being opened in the future. I guess a really critical part of those negotiations probably will come down to visas as well. Um, so I guess watch this space on that one. We're expecting uh, the youth mobility visa route to be expanded for Indian nationals later this year. So, again, it's just kind of keeping an eye on it because things are changing all the time. 
But on the whole, these changes have been positive in the sense that there's more visa routes than ever, which is a great thing. But it can make things more complex for someone kind of looking at their options, as Elaine mentioned. If you've got the time to go and look at all the visa categories on the website, then then it might be okay. But um, it can be quite hard for for an individual to navigate that. Okay, and you've touched on some of the areas there. You've touched on the high potential individual visa uh, and, and and a number of others. Is it easy for inward investors to figure out what is appropriate to them, or is that one of the one of the areas, Elaine, where they potentially need some advice that which of the visa routes is appropriate to their business? Um, advice probably does help. It maybe does help sort of cut through all of those different options. And as I said before, like each route's got their own eligibility criteria, so some businesses won't be able to sort of go for certain types of visa. So whittling down those options to the ones that are suitable for you, um, advice definitely helps with that. And also knowing the pros and cons of each of the routes. So some of the routes we've mentioned and talked about today are actually temporary routes. So high potential individual route only allows you to come to the UK for two or three years and then you've got to move into a more permanent route. For say an inward investor to the UK, that might be a major downside. If they're going to invest money, start up a business, they might want more certainty than that. So um, knowing those, I guess, pros and cons is important. And again, advice might help you sort of cut through some of that information and think, OK, either I need a more permanent route at the start or I need a plan to move into a more permanent route after that initial two or three year period. So I would say, yeah, advice is, is going to help do that more quickly than trying to figure it out yourself. OK, and so let's say an Inwood investors decided, you know, which visa route they're going to go down. What about the nitty gritty lane? What in, what about the application process in terms of applying for visas? Is that is that straightforward? And is is kind of support needed there? And 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 how and who manages that process? Well, the process for each of the different routes sort of differs. So Edin's mentioned earlier, some routes you need to get a license in place before you can start to go down that route. Uh, for others. Uh, you don't need a license for others you might need to go and get endorsed say for the tech visa that we're talking about there's a a body that you apply to to get endorsed as an expert so each of the routes is a little bit different but ultimately there will usually be a visa application form information that's submitted a fee that's paid and then usually the individual applies from the visa sort of application center in the place that they currently live so if they're in Canada they would apply there Um, send off their paperwork and wait for a decision. Um, Erin mentioned earlier timing has been a big issue lately and actually that's partly because of the Ukraine crisis has caused quite a lot of delays in visa processing times. So before they were quite predictable and you could you know, have a good idea how long the visa application itself was going to take. Those have been delayed considerably because of um, resources being allocated in in a different direction. So, um, yeah, timing has become more of an issue for, for lots of businesses wanting to send people here over the past few months because of that. But hopefully that started to get a bit better. And, and is it possible, Erin, to say how long it is going to take or is that completely dependent on the type of visa? You, you know, as, as Elaine mentioned, you mentioned earlier, there have been some delays uh, recently. What is a kind of typical period that an inward investor might expect to wait uh, once a visa application goes in or is it a question of how long's a piece of string? Um, it does depend on the visa type they're applying for. I guess there can be some kind of initial stages that need to be done before the point of making a visa application. 
I guess at the moment, the headlines are always up to three weeks processing for a visa from outside the UK. But actually, as Elaine mentioned, that the whole kind of processing times have become a bit unpredictable. So while that's still the message that sent in some countries or some clients were seeing waits that are considerably longer than that, kind of up to three, four months in some cases. In some cases, it's much quicker. Um, but we are seeing certain priority services be reintroduced, which which clients can utilise if they're in a rush. And that can sometimes help bring a bit more certainty to the process um, if that's needed. OK. And we are in an ever-changing field here. You've talked about a lot of changes that we've seen over the last couple of years. And there are constantly reports in the media about more changes to deal with skill shortages in the UK labour market. So what might any future changes look like, Erin, uh, and, and how might they impact on inward investors? Well, I guess with the new Prime Minister being appointed, there has been some news and comments about changes that might be coming in the future. Um, there has been some comments about the skill shortages that the UK is experiencing in some sectors. Um, and there was actually a review being undertaken on the shortage occupation roles in the UK for sponsorship. And that's all been put on hold pending the new Prime Minister's kind of policy decisions on immigration. We've also got a new Home Secretary and there's also been comments made that, that maybe some changes are coming from her. So at the moment, we don't have any detailed policy. So we don't have any kind of specific ideas of of what's being considered, but it is possible that, that changes are coming again. So I would say it is important to watch this space, keep up to date with um, the kind of immigration policy in the UK if it's something somebody's thinking about or somewhere someone's thinking about relocating to. Um, and whether or not it's helpful to inward investors or not remains to be seen. It will all kind of depend on on what the new Prime Minister decides on that. Okay. And, and Elaine, generally... Both of you touched on the fact that you think some of the changes have made it uh, a little bit easier for inward investors to come to the UK. Again, we you know we, we move into a new political regime, maybe a little bit more instability. How would you assess the current climate for inward investors? Do you think there's always uncertainty when there's a change? Um, and do you think the rules that we have at the moment are in, in, in pretty good shape to address the skill shortages we have? I think for inward investors, there are lots of good visa routes out there. And most of the time we will find a solution um, if we're posed, you know, with some sort of scenario about how to get somebody here. Usually one route or the other will provide a solution. It's rare that we can't find any solution at all because there are a whole bunch of different routes out there, as I said, with different pros and cons. But usually we do get there. Um, uncertainty is, I guess, difficult for anyone trying to plan, especially if somebody's thinking of, say, setting up a business, investing here, sending people, spending you know, money. I guess they want to know what the visa situation will be in six months time, for example. Um, ho hopefully it wouldn't be that different than what we've got today. But yeah, I guess people have got to sort of throw into the mix the possibility that there could be some changes. Um, and it's actually difficult to know if the UK is going to be more open in terms of immigration or or less so. But I think for inward investors who are going to spend money, create jobs, etc., hopefully the UK will always um, have some kind of solution in terms of, of visa routes there. Um, in terms of skills shortages more more broadly, yeah, there are lots of uh, businesses experiencing shortages in certain areas. And that is something that is being looked at. But yeah, there's there's an element of 
policy in terms of what decisions are made about that. I think for highly skilled, highly paid jobs, um, the doors always do seem to be sort of open when it comes to lower skilled, lower paid jobs. That's where it can be um, more tricky. But um, but yeah, we will see what happens, as Erin said. Um, hopefully things will become clearer over the coming months. And so Erin, just to come back to you finally, can you summarise your advice to anyone who finds themselves caught up in the maelstrom of visa routes and and the changes, you know, what what's the broad advice that you would give to anybody uh, who is an inward investor looking to come to the UK who will need to to have visas to bring themselves and potentially staff in as well? So we'd say, yeah, plan in advance. Think early on before you're relocating to the UK about visas. Quite often we have clients come to us quite late in the day. And as I said, that can just severely restrict options open. Um, it's also worth thinking about yeah, longer term options. As Elaine touched on, there are quite a lot of temporary routes out there that can be great for individuals kind of getting them over here and letting them kind of set up. But for people who are making kind of big life decisions and big financial investments or, or financial investments at all in the UK, it does make sense to always be thinking ahead about making sure that you can kind of seamlessly remain here, continue with your business, etc. So I guess that forward planning is always important and, and probably something that individuals should take advice on if they're unsure to make sure that they've got that continuity and security in the long term. Any final thoughts from you, Elaine? Yeah, that all kind of yeah sums it up well. I think one of the one of the changes we've maybe uh, not touched on so much is uh, the UK expansion worker category that came in over the last few months. That is a recent change that's um, I guess had a significant impact on inward investors because of the need to get a sponsor license before you send someone here. The the route that that replaced didn't used to need a sponsor license in advance, so. Um, yeah, I guess it's it adds to that message about plan early, take advice, know what it is you need to kind of get in place because there may be changes like that that uh, have an impact in terms of uh, when you're going to be able to come to the UK and set up, etc. So yeah, planning in advance is probably the best best advice. Okay, thank you very much to Elaine McElroy and Erin McClafferty for their excellent insights today. You've been listening to podcasts by Brodies, uh, where some of the country's leading lawyers share their enlightened thinking about issues and developments impacting the legal sector and what they might mean for organisations, businesses and individuals across the various sectors of the UK economy. If you'd like to hear more, you can subscribe to podcasts by Brodies on all your main podcast platforms. And for more information and insights, please visit www.brodies.com dot com.